The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Let's Get Radical is brought to you by Avalara, sales tax automation for businesses of all sizes. Visit us on the web at avalara.com. That's A-V-A-L-A-R-A.com. Welcome to the business show that will change the way you look at your business practice, your organization, and yourself. This is Let's Get Radical with Liz Gold and Jody Paydar. On today's show, you'll get the straight scoop on what it means to be radical and how it can help you become the next success story. Now, here are your hosts, Jody and Liz. Hey, Liz, are you ready? Jody, you know me. I'm always ready. Let's do this. So, guess what we're talking about today? Um, I don't know. <laughs> small business entrepreneurs. Yeah. Small business. That usually our thing. But guess what? Yes, but guess what we're talking about? Dogs. I love dogs. Them. I mean, not specifically dogs, but you know, dog walking, pet sitting, you know, the business around that. It's pretty exciting because I love dogs. I love dogs too. Are we going to hear from your dog today? Um, I don't think so. I, you know, she's been, you know, in another room for the rest of the radio shows we've had since that. You know, she sometimes makes debuts on our radio show. Um, but so I'm excited to talk about dogs and pet sitting, and um, our guest today specializes that in that right now. And um, I want to introduce you to Jill Nelson. Uh, Jill is the owner and operating manager of Hot Diggity Seattle. I'm going to love saying that, believe me. Um, She's born in Minnesota and raised in the Midwest, where her family raised goats, sheep, ducks, horses, and other things. Um, She's lived all over the United States, but is happy to call the state of Washington home. She's owned show dogs, as well as mutts of all kinds. Um, and she currently lives with her spouse and daughter, three cats, and a dog named Lucky. Um, she holds an undergraduate degree in business administration, an MBA, um, and an MDiv, which I'm going to have to ask you if I got that right. Um, but prior to running Hot Diggity, Jill has run several businesses, owned her own consulting business, and served as an ordained minister for 10 years. She's an avid kite flyer animal lover, business consultant, and life coach, in addition to running Hot Diggity Seattle. Welcome to the show, Jill. Thank you so much. It's great to be here. Yeah, so great to have you. And I love that you put in that you're an avid kite flyer in your bio. Your bio is really great, and I love that you put that in. So I am just curious, how did, you know, when you say avid, what does that mean? Well, avid, I guess, is any excuse or chance I get, I'm, I'm going <laughs> to fly a kite. For years, I carried a small parafoil in the back, in the trunk of my car. So just oh. in case I happened to be out on a beach, I could put it, put it up in the air. Um, I guess I love it enough that I tattooed one on me. So really? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. right. That's your thing. <laughs> I, wish I, I wish I had more time to fly kites. You know, it's not, it, now it's, 
it ends up being like once a year or twice a year when we're out on the coast. Um, we still take the kites along and, and put them up in the air. That's great. I love that story. So, so you know, you've had a variety of businesses. Can you give us sort of a high-level overview of the kinds of businesses that you've been in? Yes. Um, I would say that up until 1995, I worked for other people. Mm-hmm. So after I came um, out of school, I went to work in the retail industry, uh, did restaurant management, did retail management, fast food management. Um, at one point, I ran a chain of frozen yogurt stores, kind of wow. like uh, Yo Play, you know, um, whatever. Mm-hmm. The name of the company was Freshens, but... And that kind of, that whole movement kind of just faded away, but um, I love frozen yogurt. It's fantastic. It's back now. <laughs> so, Wait, so the frozen that, yogurt movement went away? When did that happen? I well, I don't know if it went away. I don't see it as much. I mean, you can buy it in a store everywhere, okay. but but yeah. especially, well, and in most place times, I live more in the south where there's a bigger market for a cold something all year right. round, right. whereas here it's very... You know, you get more, especially in Portland, you get more of the boutique ice cream shops. Um, right. You don't see as many um, as many frozen yogurt facilities <laughs> as you used to. But, yeah, so I had fun doing that. But those were all working for other people. Um, I then went into the ministry at, for 10 years, and, and I love that. And that is almost like being self-employed. Uh, because mm-hmm. technically, you know, you, you set your own hours from the IRS standards. You're, you're listed as self-employed. Um, so I got a taste then for, you know, running my own life, reporting to no one but God. And, <laughs> right. <laughs> and I kind of enjoyed that. And mm-hmm. so when I decided to leave ministry, um, I uh, found life coaching to be a very natural transition. Because mm-hmm. I was still working with people, I mean, a minister does a lot of um, teaching and, and preaching and, and, and consoling and guiding and and uh, nurturing kind of activities, and you know, a life coach gets to do a lot of those things. Um, the only difference is uh, you get paid a lot better, and because people <laughs> yeah. are paying you, yeah. <laughs> people are paying you directly. So they actually listen to you. My experience as a minister was that, you know, they didn't really listen to you all that much. Right, 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 right. That's so interesting. So, yeah. Yeah. So that would make sense, a natural progression to life coach yeah. work. Um, and then you went into business consulting? Yeah. Well, what I discovered, it, my life has always been a, a bouncing between um, different areas of management as a profession. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so, well, I enjoyed being in the church. The things I enjoyed most were the administrative pieces. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I kind of, after 10 years of that, I started to really miss being in a business environment. I missed, um, you know, the things that I enjoyed doing in those areas and, and, and having a, a staff and, you know, setting, the goal of setting is differing. It, it's, they're similar, but they're very different. And I missed the business. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, what I discovered as I as I did the life coaching, you know, you're always looking for a, a niche, you know, that really fits you. 
and the business consulting piece where I could bring um, some of the life coaching into it was a real nice uh, niche for me. Um, and, and part of that was my coach training was in relationship and organizational systems. Oh, wow, yeah. So, yeah, so it was very easy to apply the relationship systems and the organizational systems into the business model and understand how the two of those play. Um, the reality is that business is fundamentally all about relationships, and right. most of the managing that we do in business is managing relationships, whether they're the relationships with your team or your clients or, you know, your colleagues. Um, it all it all really revolves around relationships. And so did you, it sounded like you took that approach from the ministry, from life coaching into business consulting. Um, what mm-hmm. were what were people coming to you for? It, you know, I got. A, I found myself frequently working with um, small business owners, mm-hmm. and the and and I loved that. And it was a place where I had a lot of experience. Um, it, but what I found interesting about that particular niche as it evolved was the t- the moments in a small business owner's life when they need a coach the most is the point at which they can afford it the least. Mm, right. So there's there's a very small pool of ideal clients in the small business world because of that high failure rate in the first five years. If you don't find a, a business owner that is just at the point where they're successful enough to know that if they don't change, they're not going to be successful enough to survive. Mm-hmm. At that point, I, I very often found myself working with small business owners to help balance out whatever their weaknesses were. Um, you know, we always it, it always makes sense to play to your strengths, but a lot of small business owners really think that they should be able and are able to do it all, and the truth is you're really not. And at some point, if, you're, if your business is going to succeed, you have to bring in outside experts. You have to hire people who um, complement your weaknesses um, or, mm-hmm. or complement your skill sets, because if you don't, you're never going to break out of that startup cycle. Right. And how do you, I mean, as a business owner you know, that may not think they have the funds to bring somebody on, you know, how do you, how do you sort of help them see that that is an investment? Maybe it's a risky investment, but it's a good investment to make, you know? Yeah. Basically really trying to help them figure out what that one piece is that there's a great book out and I think it's the the one, the one big thing. And that's really the gift that any consultant can give to a client is to help them figure out the one thing that if they change that one thing, in the long run, it would change everything. Mm. And for every business, that's going to be different because every business owner has different skill sets. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, whatever they're, the pieces that's lacking... Um, whether, but then did you, know, you decide to kind of give it all up and go to the dogs or how did we get to that? I feel like we yeah. were definitely we're gonna get no, to that. <laughs> I, I did. I I loved I loved being a consultant, but what I did not love was constantly having to look for new clients. Yeah. Uh-huh. And you have to spend so much of your time marketing yourself. Mm-hmm. And 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 the the marketing, the sales delivery cycle, 
um, to keep it all balanced is really challenging. And then there was this pesky little, um, oh, I don't know what I want to call it, recession thing that happened a few years ago. Mm-hmm. And, and a lot of those business clients just dried up and were very slow to come back. So, yeah. Yeah, you know, and, you know I have to say, as somebody that, I mean, I'm a small business, and as somebody that, you know, works with consultants and coaches in a variety of different ways, you know, they, they, it's a saturated market, too. I mean, it's like, mm-hmm. I, I'm on Facebook, and I get literally inundated with coaches and consultants, do it this way, build your list this way, you know, like, it's kind of amazing how yeah, how and- the boom has, like, pushed everybody out into being a consultant or a coach, it seems like, you know? So it's it's become a, like, a really saturated area, too. It has, and it, and, and as in many, you know, growth growth industries, I, I think it's hitting the, its peak. Yeah. And there's a lot of reasons that contributed to that. You know, originally it was very, very expensive if you really wanted to get a certain level of education and training. Um, mm. But more and more, I, I I encountered as a coach people that you know took a two hundred dollar online course and hung their shingle out and called themselves a coach. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. You know, right. I spent let's just say I spent a lot more money than that getting <laughs> my training and certification. Yeah. Yeah. yeah right. Yeah. <laughs> you know. So, um, yeah. And, and, and I'm not going to say that one's better or worse. I, I mean, I'm, I would not disparage someone just because they didn't spend thousands of dollars to get certified. Um, sometimes they have the gifts and the skills and the, and, and the intuitive ability to be a very good coach without that. But then I've seen on the other side a lot of people hanging their shingle out that um, really right. are not, they don't have the skill set. They to shouldn't be, be there, right. So we're going to we're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, we're going to dig into Hot Diggity Seattle. See what I did there? That was really good. Um I'm really excited to talk to Jill about her new business um and the model behind that. So stay tuned. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Advance and evolve. Liz Gold, owner of Rhino Girl Media, provides a wide range of services to those looking to get their message out into the world. Her specialty is simplifying the complex, finding the juice in any story, and helping people find their voice. Rhino Girl Media is a communications and media company that promotes the innovative and creative work of business people, independent artists, and nonprofit organizations. For writing, editing, blog posts, web content, press releases, branded content, and consulting, visit rhinogirlmedia.com. Tax compliance can be a pain for businesses, but Avalara's powerful tax automation technology simplifies sales tax and other business taxes with real-time tax calculation and automatic return filing. It's simple to get started because Avalara works inside your accounting, e-commerce, and point-of-sale systems. That's why thousands of the world's best businesses outsource their tax compliance with Avalara. Shouldn't you too? Learn more at avalara.com. That's A-V-A-L-A-R-A.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. (laughs) 
You are listening to Let's Get Radical with Jody Paydar and Liz Gold. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-790. You may also send an email to Jody and Liz at letsgetradical.org. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Let's Get Radical. I'm Liz Gold, and I'm here with Jody Paydar, and our guest today is Jill Nelson. She is the owner and operating manager of Hot Diggity Seattle, um, which is a pet sitting and dog walking company. So, so Jill, tell us how you decided to get into this business and what you all do. Okay. Well, I'm gonna first of all, I have to give a big shout out. Uh, to my good friend Hunter Sunrise because Hunter um, is the creative genius behind Hot Diggity and uh, runs the Portland Hot Diggity, which is much older than Seattle location. And uh, it was it was because of working with Hunter that I even thought about going into dog walking and pet sitting as a as a business. And um, in part, I, I watched Hunter build his business in, in the Portland market and just be very consistently successful with it. Uh, plus, I started to pay attention to the fact that this is just a booming industry. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we definitely, as a nation, love and adore our pets. Mm-hmm. And, um, we treat them like kids. Sometimes we treat them better than our kids. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we're busier than ever. So we, know, need help. we need help taking care of them. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You know, so, yeah. I, I, so at first with Hunter, I started out doing just a little bit of consulting work on the side. Um, there were times when he brought me in to work with his team and do some team building um, work. And I also have a, a, a backup business and an accounting background. When I first started out with my undergraduate degree, I took several years of accounting, and I've always done all of my own accounting for whatever mm-hmm. businesses I was involved in. So um, it, there was a point at which we needed to transition his systems um, off of, uh, you know, handwritten or Excel spreadsheet controls into a QuickBooks system. And so I spent a lot of time you know, working with him to get that piece operational. And so I became very familiar with the backside of the business. So I understood, you know, what the overhead expenses looked like. I understood um, a lot of what the operational pieces were. So when the opportunity came up and uh, he, you know, decided he wanted to spin off the Seattle location and sell it, I jumped at, I just jumped at the opportunity. Um, and... You know, so it was at a point when my coaching was already starting to slide a little bit, and I was really having trouble working up the energy to just go out and market and build mm-hmm. my client base back up. Mm-hmm. And so when the opportunity came up, I was, I was, I was, I realized I was ready to, to do something so, new, and I was actually ready to run my own business instead of tell, telling other people how to run theirs. Right. 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 You right. Know, but so, you don't actually walk all the dogs, right? You have dog walkers who work for you. Oh, heck, I, yeah, I do not walk all those dogs. Um, but I will tell you, when the business first started out, one of the reasons that um, Hunter decided to sell it was the operations manager he'd had in place had um, done some 
done some damage to the business. And there, so there was, there was client loss and the staff, you know, had some issues. And the business was a little bit in distress. Mm-hmm. And he just didn't have the bandwidth to go up there and fix it. So, you know, when I bought it, I understood that I was buying a business that could benefit from my expertise. Mm-hmm. And I could really jump hands in, too. And literally for the first six months, yes, I was up in Seattle, um, sometimes for 10, 12 days at a time, couch surfing on a friend's couch and literally walking the dogs myself mm-hmm. while I was hiring new staff and training new staff and, um, you know, getting the pieces all working again. There was always some back and operational pieces that had to be transitioned into new systems. You know, so the first six months were very hands-on. And I actually loved it. Um, (laughs) I enjoy walking dogs. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and you really got to see the nitty-gritty, you know, on the other end, you know, on the -hmm. the customer service end. So, I mean, what does a typical dog walk go for these days? (laughs) <laughs> what, is, what do they do? What do they what? What do they go for? What's the price of a dog walk? Oh, oh, for a dog walk? You know, dog walks usually are anywhere from that 10, 15 minute little quickie potty break. Yeah. And those, depending on if you're a business, as opposed to the high school student down the street, we'll do it for five bucks. Um, you know, those usually go right around that, you know, $15 Mm-hmm. Mark somewhere in there. Um, and I've seen dog walks advertised anywhere from 10 minutes to 20 minutes to 30 minutes and anywhere from 15 to $25. Right. And and yeah. so how are the dog walkers vetted? Like, so, uh, you know, I guess, uh, okay, before we get into that, like, tell us how the structure works. Like, how many dog okay. walkers you have, you know, how, how, you know, people sign on to it. You know, because it seems like you have, uh, you know, a well-oiled machine, so to speak, once you've sort of figured out the, the process yeah. and system. So, so how did you create that infrastructure? And then, you know, um, how do you vet the dog walkers? I, I just kind of right. curious. About yeah. That. So, so this, again, I inherited a lot of the structures, which made it right. very easy. It was just a right. matter of, you know, modifying them a little bit, tweaking them to be more Seattle specific, but uh, I advertise, and I specifically advertise for people who have an entrepreneurial attitude, who mm-hmm. can be self-motivated, because they're going to spend a whole lot more time um, interacting with animals than they are with people, and, and going from one place to another. They need to really love being around animals. Because while walking a dog is a lot of fun, walking a dog in the snow and the rain is not always a lot of fun. And, you know, you have to really enjoy doing it. Right, and you're committed to doing it. You're also, like, you have to do it. You have to show up. Yeah. You know. know, And also, I would imagine you have to have some experience working with dogs that are not, you know, a little bit anxious or maybe they're a little, like, you know, they need some extra TLC um, right? I mean, because dogs yes. have different personalities. <laughs> yes. Like I people. specifically <laughs> look for people that have been around dogs, worked around animals in some capacity. It may not always be official training. 
it's always a benefit if they've worked as a dog walker before. It's always a benefit if they've gone through some kind of training. I have a couple of walkers in the Seattle area, one who is a certified animal behaviorist. So he's done the extra work to get that certification. I have another one who's in the process of being, you know, getting trained to be a dog trainer. I sometimes hire part-time vet techs because Mm -hmm. they're already used to being around animals. And sometimes they're just looking for a little bit of extra income to supplement the work they're doing at the vets. Mm. So my team is a, is, is a combination of some part-time people who are looking for that extra evening, weekend work. I've got mm-hmm. one of my walkers just walks dogs on her lunch hour two or three days a week just because it gets her out of the office. And I always just assign her walks really close to where she works. Mm-hmm. That's you know, really so, cool. Yeah. You know, so it's, it, it, people come from a lot of different backgrounds, but I would say that the most important things are they are self-motivated, they can manage their own time, and they really love being around animals. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so uh, that's that's really cool. And so how do you... Um, how did you get it to where it is now? Like how, if I, I guess... That's the first part of the question. And the second part of the question is, you know, um, if I were to sign up to get a dog walk, like, how do I do that? Is it all online or what kind of technology are you using? Like, how is it, you know, is it all automated? How does it sort of work? Yeah, all of the hot diggities. And there's actually three hot diggities. Um, There's one, there's, there's mine in Seattle. There's one in Portland, and then there's also a hot diggity in Vancouver, Washington, that okay. um, is, is a lot of the overflow from Portland. And um, all three companies use the same scheduling system. It's all mm-hmm. online. Mm-hmm. All of our dog walkers have a phone app that gives them their their walk schedules for the day. Mm-hmm. And and at, with, at, actually, this, the app is fantastic. There's a map function. So you can map to the uh, house, and oh, you can wow. go from house to yeah. <laughs> um, That's there's so a great. Time they can post pictures. All the pictures post to the client's portal <laughs> where they can see what happened that day. Um, and then after every walk, the walker will you know give key up information. Usually, you know what the weather was like, how the dog did, um, you know if the appropriate number of number ones and number twos occurred. Um, some owners really need to know whether or not their dog <laughs> did all their business. I love that. Okay. Yeah. So no, we we give a poo report. Um, and and the owners just love being able to check in and see their dogs. Yeah. Being, yeah. being loved and taken care of when they're stuck in their offices. So, yeah. you know, that part of the system is really great. Um, yeah. And I imagine as a client, you can sign up, you know, for one walk or for multiple walks a week. It's it definitely, really probably, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I have clients that um, just schedule every Wednesday. I have clients that schedule five, six days a week. I have some clients that use us for overnight or pet sitting services, and they book two or three times a year when they're on vacation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and I've got a really great team um, up in Seattle, and I know the same is true in Portland. 
many of the Portland dog walkers have, have been working with the company for years, and the clients come back um, yeah. year after year after year. And yeah, I mean, I, yeah. Once you find a good person, a good person that knows your dog or your animal, it's like why look anywhere else, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, the stickiness factor is yeah. high. I would say. Yeah, and and we make sure. I mean, our companies are all licensed, bonded, insured. Um, all of our walkers are covered, not just. You know, just in case the unimaginable happens, and some, you know, and and a, and a stray dog mm-hmm. walks up and attacks your dog, all of that's in co- is covered when one of our walkers is walking your pets. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you know, there's that piece too that yeah. I think people really like having security of knowing there's a trained professional from a, an insured and bonded company that they're trusting with the two things that matter most to them outside of their children, which is their home and their pets. Right. So, and with that, we're going to take a, we're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, we're going to continue talking to Jill Nelson and dig into more of hot diggity Seattle. So stay tuned. From the boardroom to you. Voice America Business Network. Tax compliance can be a pain for businesses, but Avalara's powerful tax automation technology simplifies sales tax and other business taxes with real-time tax calculation and automatic return filing. It's simple to get started because Avalara works inside your accounting, e-commerce, and point-of-sale systems. That's why thousands of the world's best businesses outsource their tax compliance with Avalara. Shouldn't you too? Learn more at Avalara.com. That's A-V-A-L-A-R-A.com. Are you a small business ready to work remotely with a CPA who is passionate and radical? New Vision CPA Group is a firm that understands the latest cloud technologies and will work with you for a fixed monthly price. We understand that tax and accounting are important, but the everyday insight into your financial data that helps you make critical financial decisions is priceless. We're with you every step of the way at New Vision CPA Group. Visit newvisioncpagroup.com today for more information. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You are listening to Let's Get Radical with Jody Paydar and Liz Gold. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-790. You may also send an email to Jody and Liz at letsgetradical.org. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. I'm Jody Paydar, and I'm here with Liz Gold, and you are listening to Let's Get Radical. Um, before we get into my favorite part of the show, which is your financial underwear drawer, uh, I have to give a quick shout out to Intuit um, for sponsoring our show. So thank you, Intuit. Um, we're talking today to Jill Nelson um, with Hot Diggity, and they are a dog walking service, pet, pet sitting service. And Jill's had, uh, as she was telling us earlier in the show, she's kind of had a um, 
a way of getting to this small business, right? So she's done multiple things in her past. And I guess my question to you, Jill, is how is it that you knew um, that this was the right business for you to purchase? So being that you had, you know, done all these other different things, but you, you knew that this was the right business to purchase. Good question. Yeah. I, um, a couple of different factors. One was that the company had already been in existence, so I already knew the financial background, and it was very easy for me to request financial statements for the first three years of the business's operation, so I could see that in its first year, it did thousand dollars and then by the second year, it, you know, I don't remember what the numbers were, but it was like three times that. It was like over $100,000. And and by the third year, it was almost at $300,000. So So you you see the growth. Yes. So when you look at a business like that, and it's in a growth industry because the pet care industry is, is huge, the Seattle market is large, and per capita, I think, think, I haven't seen the actual report, but I have read somewhere that there are more pets in Seattle than there are children. (laughs) So, (laughs) um, you know, so those things right there told me here was a business that definitely, it made a profit from, from the first moment, practically. I mean, once you get your basic overhead costs covered, and the overhead costs are not huge because it's virtual. Um, there's no physical office. Um, mm-hmm. The dog walkers all work out of their own homes, out of, out of their own vehicles. Um, mm-hmm. The compensation is per service. It's not per hour. Mm-hmm. So I pay them. If they do a 15-minute walk, I pay them a percentage of what that walk is, which means that there's always a percentage built in for my overhead. So after you hit a certain critical mass, um, you're automatically generating enough revenue to cover, you know, operational overhead. Now, so, so for that part, it was it, so I knew it was a great business model, and they'd mm-hmm. already seen how well it was working in the Portland market. So I had two different locations that I could look at it and go, okay, it's working very well in this market, and the business is only three years old. It's working very well in this market, and the business is, I think, at that point, it was more like seven or eight years old. So I could see what the potential was for the business, and then it just was a matter of systematically growing the business. And, and now are and, you considered a franchise or a business development, or do you, how do you share, like you said, the scheduling system was all set up. Is that, yeah. like, did you purchase it outright, or do you have to pay a royalty back to um, the other hot diggities? Okay, I purchased the business outright. And I, because some of the pieces are shared, the website is shared, um, there's some contribution to the overhead cost for mm-hmm. all three of the locations to have a shared website. Um, there, there isn't a franchise at this point. Going forward, um, you know, I don't know what's going what's gonna to happen if, if there are more hot diggities in the future or not. Mm-hmm. Um, but for this point right now, each location runs its own software, its own scheduling software, because the scheduling software has to be um, location-specific. 
Right. So Seattle has its own scheduling system. Vancouver has its own. Portland has its own. All three are three separate companies with three separate sets of owners. Hmm. Very interesting. Do you... Oh, go ahead, Jody. So, and then do you share like with the branding piece of it, right? So you, you said you share kind of the website or whatever, but like, yes. so then like you all kind of share in for the branding to build the brand together? Yes. Yeah, we actually, we, we're, that's kind of a, a discussion and process. Um, for the first year or so, Seattle just coasted off of Portland's branding and off of the branding and the marketing that had happened prior to that. Right. And it's been in the last year that um, I've had to, to start doing my own um, marketing and my own promotional activities out of my own promotional budget. But the brand, yes, is a shared brand. And, I, you know, I purchased the rights to use the brand in my location. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So, no, this yeah. is really cool because... Like, I think it's interesting because there's lots of different business models out there. And I don't think a lot of people realize how, you know, basically when independent business owners get together, how they can actually create business models that work for them that are not franchises, right? So, like, you're sharing a brand, but you're, like, you're not paying overhead. Like, it's just interesting to me because I think there's lots of opportunities, especially with the web, that create... um, different ways of running a business that are not necessarily cut and dried. And if you can um, agree with your right business partners, you can do a lot of things that may not be like traditional in nature. So this is really interesting yeah. to me. Yeah. And I would, I would agree with that. I, I would say though, having been in a few different partnerships in my life, mm-hmm. that did not go well. Mm-hmm. And some different business relationships that did not work out quite the way they were intended. Um, always make sure your legal bucks are in a row. Absolutely. <laughs> and, and you have some really great conversations about what you envision and how you're going to work through the process. Um, it helps that in this endeavor, I, I'm in business with someone I've known for a very long time. I trust impeccably. And we still drew up all the legal documents. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. and this just seemed to be the best way to make it work because the Brand integrity is so important that I would rather pay a little bit and work with another person to make sure that the brand integrity is maintained. So, and and yeah. that's really important for this brand because it has it has a very good reputation. It's a very strong brand, and um, you know, I, it would have been harder for me. It's been harder for anyone to go into a market like Seattle without an established brand and have the success that that I've had up there. So there is a third uh, owner, correct, for Vancouver? Actually, um, there isn't a third owner. Um, We co-own Vancouver. Okay, got it. Yeah. Okay, got it. And yeah, and that was just a matter because I live in Vancouver. (laughs) Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you know, and I handle some of the oper- most of the operational pieces, but not all of them. And some of them are handled by the Portland office. Um, it, but we just felt that there was a, there was a, an opportunity that we were missing because people were moving over the river from Portland and not having services right. here. Right. And 
it seemed crazy for me to be living in Vancouver and not be providing services here. And we're, but it is we're talking about very, yeah, we're talking about Vancouver, Washington, not Vancouver, Canada. Yeah, Vancouver, British Columbia. Yeah, although <laughs> wouldn't mind being up there either. Beautiful city. It's a beautiful <laughs> yes, it city. Is. Yeah. And I guess my other question is, is how has it been to really work with independent contractors versus employees, right? So have you found that easier or harder than your days in your yogurt business, right? So I'm sure like, you know, you had kind of that retail background where you had hourly employees versus working with independent contractors. Have you found that easier or harder to manage? It's just different. I don't know that I would say if it's harder. The independent contractor works better with this model. I will say that. Um, mm-hmm. And it, because dog walking it is very transferable, I have dog walkers who do part-time work with me but also work with other dog walking companies or other pet mm-hmm. sitting companies, mm-hmm. and, you know, which is great if you're an independent contractor, um, because it gives you more opportunities to make money. Um, It's harder to do if you're an hourly person and you're on a set schedule. Um, You know, there's some some cost benefits for both the independent contractor over the employee situation because of the deductions you can take for your own business overhead costs in this business that I don't think a lot of dog walking businesses actually pay their dog walkers, you know, mileage or drive time or things like that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the, so there's some perks. There's a personality piece, too, that I think is much more important. Um, retail employees in a retail environment like, you know, fast food um, are very different personality-wise I think that independent contractors that are out, you know, managing their own time, doing their own business, setting their own schedules, literally running their own mini business within a business, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and that mentality and that skill set really fits well in the dog walking business. Well, right, because they're part of the like the whole gig economy, and they have yeah. to fill their day yeah. with, you know, if all they do is dog walks. I mean, that's a lot of dog walks. Yes. Well, and I have uh, one or two members of my staff that drive for Lyft or Uber, too, mm-hmm. which I find really interesting because that's another one of those, um, you know, positions. Um, now, if I were to take off my business owner hat and put on my, um, you know, maybe co- coaching and ministerial social justice hat, I, mm-hmm. you know, I wish there were more vehicles that, I could help my independent contractors, you know, plan for paid leave because there is no paid leave. Yeah, right. You know, right. Because you know, you don't show if you take the day off because you don't feel good. Um, you just don't get paid. And I right. wish that there was a vehicle. And I think that in the bigger picture of of the social construct and how um, economies evolve, uh, we are we are rapidly racing to the point where we have to have conversations for small business owners, independent contractors, and, you know, fee-for-service people that allow them to also have, you know, some of those values around health care, paid leave, 
time or benefits. Yeah, I mean, really, the education around it, right? Too. So even if they're not getting it, um, I think a lot of times the gig economy workers don't have the skill set to gather the education that they need to really understand how to put those those things into their business that they're owning. Because they're really business owners, but it's like they're not getting that education around it. Yeah, and, but yeah, that, and, and that I, is, yeah, I think it's also access. You know, it's health health insurance is really expensive for, you know, an independent contractor, for a freelancer, for a small business. You know, so it's like it has to happen on both ends. Like I feel like you know, the 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 structure has to change, and then you know there also has to be education and resources available to that small business so they understand what's going on. You know, so. Yeah, I think it's... I, I agree. And I would love to see, you know, we live on the left coast. Yeah. So, you know, we are a little bit more progressive about trying to find systems that provide that kind of support. But And I think that that is going to be some of the, the, the key um, things that have to be wrestled with economically in thriving and growing cities and in, in, in states is how yeah. they're going to make sure that those resources are available. And I will say this, I think that there are a lot of resources that are available to people. Um, they just don't know they're there. Yeah, agreed. I mean, there agreed. is so much free small business consulting and resources to the Small Business Administration. Um, very often, I would tell my coaching clients, why don't you go check out the Small Business Association or Administration. Go check out the resources in one of your colleges or universities that may have business students who offer, you know, an opportunity, you know, who'd love an opportunity to help you develop a marketing plan. Um, you know, there's, right. there's, there you know, there's so of, much there are there are a lot of resources out there. We have to take a quick break, but when we come back, we're going to continue our conversation with Jill Nelson from Hot Diggity Seattle. So stay tuned. business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network are you a small business ready to work remotely with a cpa who is passionate and radical new vision cpa group is a firm that understands the latest cloud technologies and will work with you for a fixed monthly price We understand that tax and accounting are important, but the everyday insight into your financial data that helps you make critical financial decisions is priceless. We're with you every step of the way at New Vision CPA Group. Visit newvisioncpagroup.com today for more information. Tax compliance can be a pain for businesses, but Avalara's powerful tax automation technology simplifies sales tax and other business taxes with real-time tax calculation and automatic return filing. It's simple to get started because Avalara works inside your accounting, e-commerce, and point-of-sale systems. That's why thousands of the world's best businesses outsource their tax compliance with Avalara. Shouldn't you too? Learn more at Avalara.com. That's A-V-A-L-A-R-A. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Let's Get Radical with Jody Paydar and Liz Gold. To reach the show today, please call 1 866 472 5790. Again, that's 1 866 472 790. 
You may also send an email to Jody and Liz at Let's Get Radical.org. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Let's Get Radical. I'm Liz Gold, and I'm here with Jody Paydar. And our guest today is Jill Nelson from Hot Diggity Seattle, a uh, dog walking and pet sitting company. So, so Jill, um, you know, we talked a lot about um, the structure of your business and, and how you hire people and the people that work for you. What's a typical day like for you? Ah, uh, typical day... Because we offer basically on-call, 24-7 service um, mm-hmm. for our active clients, and then I also kind of run office hours, um, 9 to 6, Monday through Friday, and then like 9 to 1 on Saturdays, I, I basically field a lot of calls, but my mm-hmm. mornings, my days start very early. I usually wake up, and I do everything they tell you you should not do. I look for my phone, and I check to see if I have any urgent texts or calls that need immediate attention, then I get a cup of coffee. Oh, wow. And <laughs> that comes yes. before coffee? That's amazing. Yes. Yes. <laughs> well, that's because the phone is next to my bed. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, and the right. is down in the kitchen. So, you know, but that's, that's part of, you know, we have an availability guarantee which yeah. you know basically says that if our clients give us seventy two hours notice, we guarantee that we'll take care of their pets. And so, with that kind of a guarantee, the, the quick response, instantaneous service is something we really strive for. Mm-hmm. So I don't like having my clients wait more than you know maybe an hour at the most for me to answer a question get a, a last-minute walk scheduled. So a lot of my early morning stuff is just bad. I handle all the urgent pieces, and then 9 o'clock I kind of sit down and I review the schedule. Um, mm-hmm. I probably reviewed the schedule the night before, but I make sure that, you know, I've got about a dozen walkers all over the city of Seattle, so I make sure that none of their walks are in conflict. Um, a couple of times a week I actually... Um, there's a great little feature in our software. I can actually map their day, and I make mm. sure that they're not, like, driving back and forth across if I can rearrange their walks in such a way that um, they minimize drive time and maximize income. That, that's a win-win for both of us. Mm-hmm. So a lot of my day is spent doing pieces like that uh, mm-hmm. and then responding to inquiries, um, calling new clients back, getting new clients so- scheduled, arranging for meetings. Um, pieces like that. I uh, do a little bit of social media two, three times a week. Um, I'll set up, you know, scheduled tweets and posts, and I'll share really cool pictures. Uh, my dog walkers take some fantastic pictures, so I'll try to post, a, uh, you know, the cutest dog picture of the day or something on Instagram or Facebook and uh, do that just to kind of you know, do the marketing piece. So in the software that you have, do you, if when somebody goes to sign up for a walk, right, they sign up for a walk, is there, what, what happens? Do you have to manually assign a walker or does that something happen behind the scenes in the technology that allows the walker to just be automatically assigned to that walk? No, does that make sense? Not totally automatic. Yeah. But, you know, with that said, most of, there's a, feature for the client to put in a request. So they can okay. log in through 
you know, their, their login, request a set of walks or pet sits mm-hmm. of some kind. Um, I'll look at the request. If it's just a repeating request and they're reoccurring clients, you know, it's a push a button and it's in. And then mm-hmm. I just need to tweak it, you know, because every dog walker schedule is going to change almost, mm-hmm. you know, in some small way day to day, depending on, you know, what, what walk has been added or subtracted from their schedule for that day. So that piece is all, you know, it's all, re- it's all automatic, but it requires um, fine-tuning that's manual. Yeah. And you really have to understand, um, you know, what, what the territory is that your walkers are in. Mm-hmm. So, so real quickly, because we, we have to wrap up soon, but what would be, yep. you, you had said in a break, like maybe offer some, a few tips to pet owners. I mean, we're coming into summer. I mean, maybe not. It's the end of April. Mm-hmm. It's still pretty rainy here in the Pacific Northwest. But what are, what are some tips you have for pet owners? Well, the first thing I'm going to say, and I learned this when I was um, actually taking a dog through obedience training. The trainer said to me, I can train a dog in 10 minutes. It's you humans, it takes two weeks. Yeah, um, exactly. And, and, and the truth is that dogs, most of them love to please. They're not hard to train. Mm-hmm. But it's the people that have to be trained to consistently engage with their pets. Mm-hmm. So... The first thing I'd say to pet owners is, you know, make sure that your dogs are, are getting consistency. Make sure that your dogs, if they need exercise, are getting exercise. And if there's a problem with with your pet, the odds are the problem's you. Okay. Well, you know what, Jill? That's a really good tip. We we actually have to wrap up, but that's a really good tip to leave, to leave on for, for people to think about. I think that's... The problem is you, Liz. The problem is you. <laughs> You hear that? Okay, so thank you so much, Jill Nelson, for no coming problem. on our show today. And real quickly, what is the website of Hot Diggity Seattle? Um, you know what? All the hot diggities are hotdiggitypetsitting.com. Once you okay. land on the landing page, you can pick which city. All right, awesome. And so everybody, you usually know how to get in touch with us. We're on Facebook, Let's Get Radical. We're Jody and I are both on Twitter, at Jody Paid, our CPA, at Liz Stacy Gold. Um, you can find us on iTunes. Um, you know, what else, what else, what else, what else? Um, Our show's going to be traveling. So we're yeah. going to be in Vegas in, in mid-June. So hopefully we'll see some of you all there we're at the Engage event. Yes, partying it up with the accountants. And, um, you know, send us your your guests. We love, send us your business people. We love interviewing them. Thank you so much for um, sending them our way. And uh, anything else, Jody, that we forgot? Uh, nope. <laughs> Just we'll talk to you next time. I got to go walk my dog. So, all right, sign off now. Thank you very much, Jill Nelson, for being on Thank our you. show. We'll talk to you soon. so much for tuning in to let's get radical please join liz gold and jody paydar again next tuesday morning at 8 a.m pacific time 11 a.m eastern time on the voice america business channel this week it's time for you to get radical
Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.